Hello, and welcome to Modern Homemakers. I'm Leah Parker, and we're here with Donna Otto. And today we're going to be talking about Proverbs. And honestly, Proverbs is not something that I tend to go to on any regular basis. Um, I I don't know. It's just something that I, I like black and white. I'm, I don't <laughs> tend to be one that likes to... Uh, paint in the gray. <laughs> so uh, it's not It's not that I don't like it. It's just not where I naturally go. Yeah. So I'm we, excited to hear more about it today. And you said you did the 1 through 31. A lot of people have done that. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think part of that, Leah, is Proverbs is not a thou shalt do book. Mm. It, it's a book of one of the wisdom books, one of the um, letters books and it gives all this information that if you do this this will happen but it's not a surety mm-hmm. if you do this you will gain wisdom that that is for certain but then what do you do with that wisdom it doesn't say do not do a or do do b so I, it might be a challenge to you uh, it's always been a place i I've learned a lot from Proverbs 14.1. The wise woman keeps her house. The foolish woman tears it Mm. down with her own hands. I'll never forget how profound that came to me. I thought, we do that. We're mad have our hands on our hips and we're saying to our husbands and to our children and we let the bills go because we're busy and we don't have a refrigerator maintained and then it crashes. And That's all he's saying to us. These things will cause, you can't let the refrigerator go, it's going to crash. So do you want to be wise about it? So that's what he, he's really they're offering. It's written by mostly King Solomon, uh, perhaps for a generation that has become estranged from its culture and religious roots. All of the authors are at least saying these are sayings of the wise, or these are words of the wise, or this is a social awareness. It's a portrait of people who neglect their moral duties. Um, there, It's written in various forms. There's a instruction form and a wisdom speech. There are a lot of comparisons, rhetorical questions, uh, acrostic we, that we find in the most famous Proverbs 31. And I, I'm doing this today because I have something sent to me. I think you'll find this interesting, Leah, because... Do you find a lot of things in your inbox you don't know quite what to do with? Someone says, you should read this, or what about this? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I do too. And some of them come from people who I value, but they they, they present a picture that's very, um, what's the word, challenging? I think the word for me is challenging. So then I have to read the article and discover so what do I think about this article? Mm-hmm. And I often find, like what I'm, I'm going to talk about this morning just for a minute, I often find there's this nugget in it. So that's why I chose the wisdom of Proverbs. It came from a newspaper in McCurtain County. Do you know where that is? No. Have you ever heard of that before? No. No. I, I thought curtain. That's what you put on the window. But no, that in the McCurtain County. 
And it was an after-hours meeting, including a county commissioner and a sheriff, and they wondered if they could hire a hitman to kill a journalist. So, now, you know that's kind of, what do you, what do you call that? Um, oh, there's a word for exaggerated. Oh. Exaggerative. I don't know if that happened or not, but she's reporting that she read that this meeting happened and that uh, the, it was put out on the website or on the email or on the technology modes of travel and it came from a recording they got. I'm sure they weren't supposed to have that recording. So, because I know if I said something like that in closed doors, I would not want it to be recorded. The three offenders uh, who spoke these words were one resigned, two were fired. You know, that that's what's going to happen. But the author of this piece, uh, who comes from a place called The Cottage, uh, said that she did a little checking into McCurtain County, also known as Little Dixie, and they have about 7,000 residents. And then she goes through and gives historical data. 1907, it was a part of the Choctaw Nation, and um, the people who were there were formerly <clears throat> not only Choctaw, but of mixed race. They had freed black immigrants from the South and the new white settlers were claiming into this place. So now she goes back, <clears throat> the author of this piece, and decides to read some things that have happened in this county before. And what she comes up with are lynchings, one that was um, recorded in a newspaper that Thad Brown and Oscar Martin, the three lynchings were some official capacity. The unnamed victim was taken from a jail and hung and being attacked while he was being hung. He was hung from the county buildings outside of the building uh, platform that they had made. So she goes on describing all of these things, documenting dates, people's names, lynched in the courtroom here today. Martin was having his preliminary hearing. A number of men quietly disarmed the officer, seized the man, a rope was tied around his neck, fastened to a projection, and he was shoved from the platform. One of the mob shot him twice. And the bottom of that article says, no arrests were made. That's about eight pages long about McCurtain County. But what she ends up by saying is, if you understand this is one more act in a longer history of power, land, and race, then different choices present themselves. Maybe you want to cover up things and happen, pretend this didn't happen because it was so bad. Bad for business, bad for your image, bad for the development of the world. Surely you don't want honest historians adding this to our history. And she is very um, kind in her definitions of what happens, but she keeps asking that question. This is history. Surely you don't want to repeat history. And when I read that, I thought, why do we make the same mistake twice? 
why do we make the same mistake about 93 times? I, I went quickly back to my own life, to my movement from a disorganized person, couldn't find my keys 10 times a day, couldn't open a closet door because there was so much stuff junked in there. And Elizabeth saying, if you don't get order, you'll never do what God wants you to do. That was my history. My history was a mess. My, my personal things were a mess. My house was a mess. That was my history. She's recording history of a county that was a mess. But she's re reporting this in light of doing the research about that county. And that county's been a mess for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I thought about that. What is it in our lives? Um, do you have a mess right now someplace? Just a, You don't have to reveal the depth of it, but is there a place in your world that you think, that's kind of messy. I wish I, wish I could change how we're doing that because that history keeps coming up. Relational? We have a relationship? Anything that comes to your mind? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always messes. I think um, relationships are messy, period. I say relationships are inefficient because I am such an efficiency <laughs> manager everywhere I go that the fact that there needs to be a sending and a receiving and a settling and a and you want this and I want that and yeah it's there there's always I feel like there's always a mess because people are messy you are that's just wonderful I mean you could wow if I had I promise you I did not set her up with that response because I've been thinking a great deal about these two R words, mm. right or relational. Mm. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, audience, that Leah and I are women who like it right. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's it. And if that means that relationships are damaged or put aside, it's okay. I It isn't okay, because that's what Christ is calling us not to do. But that's the first drive in who we are. So I loved her emphasis that where's your history? Where do you think you have a mess? That's what I'm asking the audience today. Where is a mess in your life? Whatever the first thing is that comes to your mind, whatever that mess is, we all have one. We Some of us have more than one. Um, Proverbs calls us and, in, and gives us wisdom. Verse 8, I'm, I'm sorry, Proverbs 8, verse 1, does not call wisdom call and does not understanding raise her voice on the heights beside the ways at the crossroads she takes her stand beside the gate in front of the town at the entrance of the portal she cries out to you O people i call and my cry is to all that live O simple one learn prudence acquire intelligence who lack it hear for i will speak noble things and from my lips comes what is right and she goes on to talk, the proverb goes on to talk about this. She, I find it interesting that the majority of Proverbs calls wisdom in the feminine gender. Mm. She, she, uh, wisdom is like her jewels. Uh, the fear of the Lord is hatred of evil and pride and arrogance 
and the way of evil and prevented speech. A couple more passages out of Proverbs 8. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently. Find me. Seek you diligently. He doesn't say a wisdom is going to just drop onto you. Remember, this is Solomon, the wisest, richest man that ever walked the face of the earth. And he became that way because God asked him what he wanted. He could have anything. And what Solomon said was, give me wisdom. Brilliant, brilliant, because with wisdom comes understanding. Another place you can find that in the Proverbs. Wisdom is a part of creation. The way the Lord created it, in the order he created it, wisdom makes life work. Verse 32 of chapter 8, And now, my children, listen to me. Happy are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise, and do not neglect it. Happy is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates and waiting besides my doors. Now, my mess is a relative, and um, it's a relative that I've had this sense of, in many ways, I've helped. In many ways, I've not known when to help or what to help, and And Proverbs has helped me a lot understand in a very tricky situation, uh, everything is involved. Time, words, um, actions, money, everything is involved in this relationship. And it's sometimes good, sometimes not good. And it always falls on me. It never falls on the other party, always falls on me. Is that because I follow Christ? I think that's because I follow Christ. I think it's also because I really deeply desire, funny because we're talking about we want to do the right thing, right? And sometimes the right thing is really messy. Mm -hmm. And I'd like the right thing to be really clean, like black and white. And it, it never is. So for me, letting go of my being right, I'm right, this person should have done, but that's not what this person did. So now what do I do with this? I can't make it right. I, I'd like to stop the wrong, but all I really can do is be wise in this situation. And one of the things I find, Leah, is this, these ideas come to my mind and I go, okay, Lord, because I would not naturally think about that. Uh, Proverbs 8 is quite long in speech, talks about lady wisdom, talks about the stability of life, and the folly, folly of the wily woman, the folly of the wily woman. And then when you get to Proverb 9, which is a relatively short proverb, 18 verses, The proverbial wisdom is frequently personified as the dignified lady. She's the builder, the homemaker, preparing a banquet for those who lack wisdom. Her home is in order. It's very parallel in some ways to the Proverb 31. Wisdom has built her house and she has hewn seven pillars. It goes on, she slaughtered the animal, she mixed the wine, she sets the table, she calls her servant girls to call everybody from the high places. Well, what are the high places? The high places in this time were pillars, pinnacles, and you could call out 
and everyone could hear you. That's verses 1 through 6. When you get to verses 13 through 18, the foolish woman is loud. She is ignorant. She knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house, seated on a high place. She just calls from her door. You are going, you who are here, turn in here, turn in here. And those without sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. And stolen water in the wise words of that era was infidelity. Mm -hmm. And she's calling them to come to her door where the wise woman is saying, come and eat of my bread, drink of my wine, lay aside immaturity and learn to walk in the way of insight. I I read these two pieces together, this county, this, uh, I want to say, even if I said McCurtain County, go and pull some history from McCurtain County and, and not from this writer of this article, I think that's what we'd find. We'd find a lack of wisdom that has been pervasive. And that wisdom goes from generation to generation, to generation, to generation. In chapter 9, verses 7 through 12, whoever corrects a scoffer wins abuse. Whoever rebukes the wicked gets hurt. A scoffer who is rebuked will only hate you. The wise, when rebuked, will love you. Give instruction to the wise, and they will become wiser still. Teach the righteous, and they will gain in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For me, your days will be multiplied, your years will add to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you are wise. I I don't know. There's something about... We're staying away from Proverbs because it seems like it gives me so many options. Thou shalt not, thou shall. This is the right thing, this is the wrong thing. Proverbs says to me, no, this is wisdom. Walk in the way of wisdom. A wise person appreciates your rebuke. I'm gonna say, Leah, you know, you're not very wise in wearing that color. It's not very good for you. Well, that's not a rebuke, is it? Um, what could be a rebuke? I have a hard time finding one for you, frankly. <laughs> but if you say that, and there's a tenseness in your spirit, mm -hmm. like, don't tell me that, you immediately fall into that place of foolishness. Mm -hmm. Because the wise woman, even if the giver of the wisdom it's not wise. Mm -hmm. That that's an enormously complicated piece. But when wisdom is heard in your ears, receive it. Don't scoff at it. Don't rush to the defense and say, "Don't you, who do you think you are telling me that?" Mm -hmm. And then what do I say next? So this county has had many years of living in ways according to these statistics that's unwise. And now they're being called to something different. Madame Folly portrays herself as a harlot 
while wisdom, Lady Wisdom portrays herself as a woman who is soft, a woman who is quiet, a woman who wants to bring people into her home, bring them into a place she prepares for them. When I was asked to be a mentor many years ago, I said, no, just no. One of my dear friends, who's a girl from the South, I said no to her one day, and she said, why, Donna, you could have said no, thank you. And I thought, yeah, even even in that response, I just simply said no to these women. Mm. Now, I'm I'm delighted that the Lord spoke to me, and I heard, and I said yes. But a, a mentor is a woman, a woman, a wise woman who is a wife and a mother and a homemaker. She is given this opportunity to speak in a wise way, to teach in a wise way, to love in a wise way. Her foolishness invites her to problems. Mm -hmm. Her foolishness, the wise woman builds her house. The foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. And I can remember teaching on that many years ago and describing how many times I had torn it down with my very own hands. Yelling something at my husband or my children or the children who lived with us, my niece and nephews, because I was angry, because I didn't know what to do with my own anger. Wisdom brings a feast. Folly is an invitation without a promise. Mm. Now, these these proverbs are not sureties. You can be a wise person and still land up in trouble mm -hmm. because we do not have total control. But I think when you do land up in trouble, there's a sense of, I I did the wise thing. This was hard. I, I have... Um, had something happen to me that I'm going to end our time with today. I'm going to be careful not to give names or places or things like that. But I had a relationship, very close relationship, that um, the other party made some decisions to live a different lifestyle. Uh, live it. I don't mean a gender lifestyle, just a lifestyle that was not a lifestyle that was really good for her, much less um, following the commands of God. And some time ago, came to my home, and of course we opened the door and came in, and there was an enormous amount of unkindness spewed out to my husband and myself, just ranting and raving and saying unspeakable things, using difficult language, hard for us to hear, in our own home. And I thought, what is the wise thing to do here? Mm -hmm. And my husband, who's very wise, we sat down, the speaker spoke for over an hour, and then the speaker got up and went out. And I was in tears, David was between that position of being a protectorate as a husband, but an understanding, knowing that the real protectorate was God. Mm -hmm. We paused and prayed. It took 
the rest of the day for my spirit to calm down. And every day thereafter, I kept saying, so what is, what's the thing for me to do? And the Lord brought to my mind a passage from Romans where Paul says, be at peace with all men as much as is possible within you. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Uh, I want forgiveness to look a different way, don't you? Mm-hmm. I want it to be, I did something wrong, will you forgive me, and everybody's okay. That's fairness. That's, <laughs> exactly. That's <not> forgiveness. <laughs> We're not going to get that. No. We're not going to get either one. We're not going to get either one. And so for months, I carried that. And I would speak to the Lord about it intermittently in my morning times. And then finally I realized that this was the only peaceful way, the only wise way, was to be at peace with this person as much as was possible within me. Which meant there were no conversations, no asks of forgiveness, nothing. Just two people living in the same world. We didn't see this person again until the week of Easter Hmm. and at our door was this person with a beautiful vase full of beautiful Easter lilies and walked in the door and said will you forgive me Hmm. and I've thought about it with regard to wisdom that's the truth now there's a black and white for you we like that, Leah. This is what you need. You have to ask. You have to say, forgive me. Will God always forgive us? Yes. Seven times 7,000, as deep as the sea, as far as east is from the west. Do I feel like that forgiveness? Not, not easily and not quickly. But when the individual arrived at the door, the forgiveness had already been done. Mm-hmm. It was not only easy, it was holy. It was not only just this is the wise thing to renegotiate the relationship. A lot of other things have not changed, but it was easy. And there were tears. And I look back on it now, it sounds like I'm saying nice things about myself. I don't mean that. I mean so much to say there is a wisdom in heeding, reading his word and heeding it that brings a quiet and soft satisfaction. Well, from the county in Oklahoma to the living room at the Otto House, from the Proverbs, wisdom is our friend. Mm -hmm. And wisdom can be had for the asking. Do you have to give some things up? Yes. Yes. You have to say no to being right. You have to say no, that there isn't just one way to do anything. There are many ways. And I think we have to learn the great dance, the great two-step, which we talk about around here very often. Two steps, love God, love others. No matter how different they are from me, no matter what they choose to do or not do, love God, love others. That's the wisdom approach. Let's build our history to look different than the history at the town of or the county of McCurtain County, Oklahoma. Well, thank you. (laughs) 
it's always a good reminder of when we feel like there's not a right or wrong way to proceed, that the Lord always has a better way, the way of the wise or the wisdom that he provides for us all the time. We appreciate you being here with us. And if you've enjoyed today, we also suggest that you share this with a friend who wouldn't love to hear something about wisdom. <laughs> I know, I know I, I say I don't start with the Proverbs, but it's always good to hear. So, yes. We are modern homemakers. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make today uncommon by seeking the Lord's wisdom.